Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast and radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm your host, Elizabeth Muller. And I'm your co-host, Emily Hutchinson. And today we're talking all things SOGS, scoop on SOGS, what SOGS is. And in the studio today, we have Hailey Kellett and Nick DeSuma. So hello, Heidi, and hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Hi. So, Heidi, going to start with you. Give us a little bit of the rundown on what is SOGS. I'm a new grad student here at Western, and I've never heard of this word before. What is it? Tell us. Okay. Well, SOGS is your student advocacy organization at Western U for master's and PhD students. It is also a student government uh, and a student union. So it has sort of three facets to it, but SOGS provides a lot of core essential services to grad students at Western, such as the Universal Bus Pass Program, the Extended Health uh, and Dental Plan, as well as a ton of um, financial aid and support and scholarship, in addition to a whole host of professional development opportunities, uh, such as conferencing and uh, various volunteering opportunities. So SOGS is a multifaceted student organization that really fills the gaps that Western leaves behind, uh, making sure that grad students have the best grad life experience possible. That's amazing. Uh, sounds like there's a, there's a real niche and a real need. Um, Nick, I'd love to pick up with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and your role at SOGS? That is a great question. Well, so thank you. <laughs> my job is a little bit um, kind of like behind the scenes when it comes to SOGS. So I am responsible, responsible for overseeing all of the policies, the governance. Um, we're currently undergoing a strategic planning process because SOGS doesn't actually have a strategic plan yet. So really getting SOGS from 2023 to the future. So whether that's 2028 or 2030 or 2050. So just um, helping see SOGS be a sustainable organization into its hundred years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So can you tell us more about kind of the government that SOGS is? How is that structured and how can people get involved or what are the positions on there? Absolutely. So I can start with talking about um, kind of our governance structure. So right now our governance model has a council and that council is the de facto student government at the at the moment and that is uh, about 156 seats strong Mm -hmm. and the way that is made up is there are numerous well it depends on the the amount of students in each department and it's calculated that way so some departments have one representative some have up to I think 19 with education which is our biggest uh, department Um, and students can get involved um, beginning in September, October. So actually keep an eye out on your emails because I'll be reaching out to grad admins and grad student associations where um, each department will facilitate their own elections or nomination processes um, where students can get involved on as the SOGS representative for um, their department. Now we also have a a five student executive which are elected within council or by the membership at large. That is a president, VP academic, VP advocacy, uh, VP finance and VP student services and they deal with more of the day-to-day operations. Um, We are in the process of going through a bit of a governance uh, restructure just due to the new requirements for the Ontario Non-for-Profit Corporations Act. So we'll be seeing a board of directors be implemented hopefully by May 1st um, and it was approved at the AGM of last year, the annual general meeting. So Mm -hmm. um, 
the SOGS members wanted it and Onco requires it. So we are in the process of doing that and hopefully we'll have elections for that starting alongside our presidential elections in February, March. Uh, timeline. Mm-hmm. So Nick, you've given us some really great overview of like how to get involved. Um, Heidi, I want to kind of pass the baton over to you a little bit. What are some of the other um, ways people can get involved at SOGS? Are there committees people can join or tell us about that? Absolutely. So a lot of the presentation stuff that I do during September with the executive goes over these types of opportunities, but not everyone is present for those. So this is a great way to help spread some information on how to get involved. So why would someone get involved with SOGS? Well, there's a, a there's a multitude of reasons, but the most common ones would be um, wanting to expand a CV and a skill set beyond one scholarship and specific research areas. We mm-hmm. know now that a lot of graduate students are pivoting from their research into a lot of other careers. So this gives students an opportunity, for example, if they want to be on our committee structure to help guide SOGS, help make those decisions, but also do it in a very pointed way around a specific operational asset or or stream. So for example, students who are interested can be a committee member. We have 12 standing committees. Sometimes we have ad hoc committees, but they really do range from things like finance to mm-hmm. governance and policy to the grad club committee to the academic committee that runs our annual Western Research Forum. Um, there's just a whole lot of opportunity there. So that's one way to get involved is spend some time on a committee helping to guide the society's operations, initiatives, um, planning for the future, this type of thing. But you can also be a student advocate. So our commissioner portfolio has four spots, which is accessibility, gender concerns, pride and racial equity and inclusivity. So these are student advocates that are elected at our October Council, and they represent the interests of their specific constituency group. And they work with the other uh, commissioners and the VP advocacy portfolio to not only host social events, but community outreach events and various advocacy initiatives. So those are two ways to get involved. Um, The third would, of course, be a counselor, as Nick has sort of uh, outlined there that more information will go out. Uh, But on top of that, we also hold a lot of elections for non-executive positions, and those range as well from uh, chief returning officer that oversees elections to the ombudsperson uh, and a lot more. So depending on what your interest is, there's something for everyone. But Mm -hmm. I would say for the average bear, being on a committee probably is a great way to dip your toe in the water. Uh, There's a a monthly meeting, uh, so about 12 meetings a year. I would think meetings are roughly an hour a month and SOGS does uh, provide committee members with $5 grad club gift vouchers for every meeting they attend. So while it's not a form of payment, it is a thank you for giving us your time and helping to run this organization. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we can even shout out GradCast. Mm-hmm. That's right. GradCast yeah. is one of those SOGS committees. Yes, it is. Yeah, and maybe the most fun. I don't know. I'm Probably pretty biased. Fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and those $5 grad club gift cards are great too at the end. I love yeah. handing them out to the committee members and they're like, woohoo, all our, our hard work gets recognized. I do want to add just quickly because Heidi mentioned CV and and skill sets, but there's also a huge social aspect involved with this too, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, 
as we're recording, orientation week is going on outside for the undergrads, and um, we see a lot of community development and relationship building during orientation week. And that's often overlooked when it comes to grad studies, just because a lot of times grad students are coming from, you know, different experiences, all walks of life. And we see a higher amount of mature students with graduate studies. So this is a way to, um, in addition to the orientation week that we have within SOGS, um, provide a way to build community and relationships um, within our own environment. Mm -hmm. Because we're also seeing a lot of graduate students nowadays become students coming right from their undergrad. So continuing on that um, fun environment that post-secondary can be, even if it's, you know, something like a master's program or a PhD program. Yeah, and just to add to that, when I go out and give these orientation presentations, uh, like I did yesterday with a huge group in engineering, is ask them, well, why would you want to do this? So obviously there's professional development, and that is really key in this current job climate, but also the social aspect. So as someone who has done a PhD here at Western, Mm -hmm. and I came from a very small department, there was eight PhDs in my year. Which department was that? uh, Visual arts, so I did my PhD in art and visual culture, uh, and by the end there was four of us. Mm -hmm. So there is about a 50%-ish dropout rate in doctoral studies, and we we know that statistically, Mm -hmm. but one of the things I do reinforce when we go out and reach out to the membership is, you know, grad school can be really isolating. It can be really insular too, right? Let's say you're someone in a lab and you spend all your time with your four lab mates. If you never leave the lab or the department, there's a really good chance by the end of that degree, you're going to have probably some really core relationships with those peers, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to spread your wings, as it were, and meet folks from different faculties, different walks of life. Um, So I really recommend and volunteering at SOGS and being involved as a way to dip your toe into that social pool. Because I remember when I started my PhD in 2010, I moved here from Toronto and I didn't know a soul. Like I met some profs in the department and even that first few months, people were very sort of hesitant towards one another. You know, you're just kind of scoping Mm -hmm. your peers out and you don't know you know, who's the gal or guy (laughs) you're going to become BFFs with. And that takes time and that takes um, patience and perseverance and putting yourself out there. So SOGS committees can help you put yourself out there socially um, without having to do it on your own, I guess. So we do facilitate a lot of social and and networking connections. Mm -hmm. That sounds true for me. I work in a lab, and yeah. so mm-hmm. I got to know my lab mates really well in the first year or so. And then when I joined GradCast, my whole social circle just expanded so much. And now I have friends in very different departments mm-hmm. who I would really never interacted with unless you just maybe happen to bump into them. But it's a great way yeah. to meet new people. Well, yeah. my master's was completely online, and this was pre-pandemic. Oh. So <laughs> yeah. I did my master's at Memorial University in Newfoundland, but it was completely virtual. Yeah. and. It allowed for a seamless transition in the pandemic world. Um, you were already used to it. Because I was already yeah. used to it, exactly. But you, you don't have that relationship building. So it was, I guess I was stuck with my friends from, from here back home. But, <laughs> I mean, they're all great people. But you don't have that sort of community development, um, which is so important to not only just like grad studies and post-secondary but to life itself well it can make it really enriching too right like i always say this too about when like if you're doing your doctorate or even your master's but you're in the thesis writing mode that's a very solitary activity Mm -hmm. uh and if you're doing uh 
PhD, mm-hmm. that solitary time gets exponentially expanded. Yeah. So you could have a couple years just writing. So I really do encourage all of you listening to look at the SOGS website and consider ways in which you might dip your toe into the social sphere outside of your department or faculty. Love that. I, I come from a department where they never really came back on campus after COVID. So, uh, you know, that's great for a lot of things, but I don't really have core core people over there. So it's nice to be um, a part of SOGS where I've kind of built a little bit of a family. Um, I want to sort of just jump for a moment to the West Pass because you mentioned it earlier. And I'm wondering, Heidi, if we can start with you and just tell us a little bit about what that is, how to get it, who gets it. Sure. So the bus pass is a really fabulous program. I know that there's a small group of students on campus who would like to opt out. Um, You can't, sorry guys, (laughs) it's a universal program. So what that means is in order for everyone to get the price that they get, everyone has to be built for it. It's a team sport. That's right. It's like being in a union. You have to pay to play. So that's what this is like. So SOGS, the Fanshawe Student Union and the University Students Council collectively negotiate with the London Transit Commission, known as the LTC, to uh, procure a mandatory universal program bus pass for all higher education students in London. So the smaller private colleges that has nothing to do with us, but the co- the main college, Fanshawe and Western, we ne- negotiate to make so- make it so that the savings this year is uh, eight hundred and sixty four dollars, I believe. It might even actually actually be more nine hundred and sixty four. Mm-hmm. I'm excuse me, I can't remember the amount. It's still a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah. So ours because grad studies are different from undergrad in so far as students come in and out of the program at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. Our passes are billed per term, whereas undergrads are billed annually. Same mm-hmm. with Fanshawe. So we're unique in that you're not billed for the whole year at once. You're billed per term. So as you need it or as you're enrolled. And uh, for most students who are newer students they do not uh, need to do anything it's automatically billed to their account and when they get on the bus they just tap their western one card at the front black console beside the bus driver and it should light up with a green check mark so SOGS provides the bus pass in order to ensure that all grad students no matter your walk of life where you've come from whether you're from London or not have access to mobility all the time so you can ride unlimited um, and you don't have to worry about it it's just billed to your account and it just works Mm -hmm. as of the first day of each term so yes uh, please just don't ask to opt out because we do get that question a lot and we do gently explain the unionized or collective nature of this contract with the LTC yeah, and I just want to add two really quick things. Uh, if you're ta- somebody that takes uh, paratransit, you can use your pass there as well. So that's really awesome. If you are a student like me, a little bit of an older bear that did a master's uh, prior to 2016 and you have an old one card, go see the friendly folks at the SOGS office. They will give you a paper bus pass because your one card may not tap. That's right. And we don't force our members to upgrade their Western one card. So it does cost SOGS money to print the paper passes. And we will eventually phase it out because mm-hmm. the London Transit Commission is not thrilled 
that we are still doing them, but mm -hmm. we sort of have to at this point because students who are on leave of absence can purchase a pass through our office as well as uh, visiting students. And because the university does not make arrangements for those students, they are defaulted to either us or the USC at Western. Mm -hmm. So there is an, a need for paper. We would like to move away from it because the LTC is not thrilled, but also it just creates labor for our office yeah. and it creates labor for the student, right? If I have an old pass, like Elizabeth does, and I me. have to, oh, and, and <laughs> you, I have one too, yeah. you have to come to our office once a term, which hopefully yeah. that's not a hardship for you and you get some smiles and you learn something. And we love to see you. <laughs> that's Yay. right. Come visit us. But really we do nice. understand that it can be an annoyance. Yes. yes. Yeah, I started my undergrad the year before they started with the tap oh, cards. Oh, 2015. 2015, mm -hmm. yep. And so I, I should have upgraded then and mm -hmm. I would have got like seven years worth out of it, but oh well, it's too late. I get the paper once every year. <laughs> I, c I kept all mine. Yeah. I have an entire roster of SOGS paper passes from like 2010 to, wow. to 2017. You can make wow. a collage out of them. Are they I, all different colors though? They or? are. Wow. No, they are. And every year when I purchase or sort of design, I don't really design them, but I do pick the Pantone number mm -hmm. for the color. So I do try to make them seasonal. seasonal. Yeah. Super seasonal. Yes. I've noticed that. Yeah. Like the summer one is usually like orange or yellow or green. Or and then the winter one is like blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> I do get, get a kick out of that. That's awesome. That's so Heidi, could you tell us a little bit about your specific role on SOGS? You're the communications and promotions manager. What does that sure. entail? Uh, my job is super nebulous. Uh, also going beyond the scope of the job title. So in a nutshell, my job at its core is roughly four things. One, uh, all of the comms. So any mass email you see from our office is either coming from me or in this case, um, my wonderful assistant and digital media extraordinaire, Caroline Dyson. They send them for, out for us as well. In addition to sort of comms general stuff, we've got promotions and marketing. So all of the swag you see is usually designed by me or procured by me. Uh, and then event planning. So mm -hmm. event planning is a pretty large component of the job. Uh, it's not the main focus of the job, but it's a sort of fun part of the job. So all of the orientation events, all of the social events, while I don't personally sit there and plan the exact activities, those are directed to me usually by a committee vote, which is a democratic vote. And we love to see students giving suggestions for events because if I had my way, we'd probably be doing very different things, things that I like to do. So it's great to take direction from the committees. So there's events, there's comms, there's marketing and promotions, there's also procurement. So I'm the person at SOGS who does all of the procurement, whatever that is, whether it's furniture, technology, um, prizes, gift cards, I'm the one with the credit cards. So I'm the one that does all the purchasing. And then I think that's like roughly the, the core. There's lots of other things I do as well, um, because like I say, out of our staff, my job is probably the, the most nebulous. And that's just a result of when SOGS restructured in 2017. And I got sort of lumped with a lot of this stuff. But luckily for me, it's mostly super fun. And, uh, and I guess there's a design aspect as well. So web. Um, social, but luckily we have a phenomenal digital media assistant, Caroline, and they are handling more of that now. And I'm wondering, um, Nick or Heidi, if you can just kind of talk us through a little bit. I know there's a health plan that uh, students can access, so can you share a bit about that? I can, or you Excellent. can. I've just been talking a lot, so I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to be a mic hog. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the health plan is brokered by student care. 
They are an insurance broker that caters to post-secondary school and student groups. They handle a lot of the sort of administrative back end. Our current insurance policy, and it's and it's been with this uh, company for a while, is with Desjardins Insurance, and the policy is actually pretty expansive. It's an expensive policy, but it covers so much, and that's where the cost comes in and the usage, right? So it covers things like prescription, mm-hmm. dental, paramedical, emergency medical when you travel. We also now, and I'm really super proud about this, and I keep telling all the departments that I go to, is that this year SOGS is releasing, as part of this policy, gender affirmation care mm-hmm. for our trans members. So this is a $10,000 fund per um, policy holder through their lifetime and they can use it to get procedures done often more cosmetic in nature that OHIP or other provincial provider mm-hmm. will not cover mm. so I think this is a phenomenal addition uh, a few years ago we introduced empower me which is an online phone or chat uh, mental health and wellness resource support where you can c- get connected with a medical Uh, or psychological professional but it's more than just sort of mental health and wellness they do financial planning they do um, conflict navigation with like interpersonal conflict so Mm -hmm. there's lots of opportunity Mm -hmm. there for our members who for example don't have a therapist who 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 maybe can't afford one Mm -hmm. because they are expensive so it's a resource for our members so the plan uh, is usually billed to students uh, the first term they start a year so Mm -hmm. for most students it'll be September but for some it could be January or the summer and that fee is prorated so I don't remember the exact cost of the policy off the top but I want to say it's 785 Mm -hmm. and it covers a lot so I won't go over that coverage right now anyone listening who wants to learn more about their coverage please go to studentcare.ca and just search a UWO SOGS and our personal policy page will come up and the reason SOGS offers this plan is because the university doesn't so SOGS offers the one for grad students um, through student care and the undergrad university students council is known as purple care also called the university student health plan which actually confuses our members Mm -hmm. a lot Um, so please anyone listening who needs to opt out please make sure you go to studentcare.ca do not just google uwo university student health plan because it'll bump you to purple care Mm -hmm. and that'll create administrative problems for us and you I will note, too, that we are one of the few plans that actually covers therapy, which is super important. Um, A lot of personal plans don't cover that. That's right. But this one does. And as a grad student, therapy is incredibly important because you will have a stressful time in your studies. It's inevitable. So definitely take advantage of of that program uh, as well as all of the other programs and in the health plan because you are paying for it yes so. and our membership so use does use it so i think a year ago we had 1.2 or 1.5 million in claims wow. so while we know there are some students who just like don't really use it i was probably one of those grad <laughs> students just doing the you know the customary vision and dental there is a lot of coverage there so we do encourage you to use it you are being billed for it um, but importantly though if you have a plan from another source you can opt out Mm -hmm. if you have uh, a spouse and or children you can opt them in and you can also downgrade the plan to a more basic version 
that is a little bit cheaper. So students who are interested in that can do that all mm-hmm. at studentcare.ca in the month of September. And to note, sorry, if you're a new student, there is a blackout period. Oh, yeah. So you will be covered. Um, but if you, let's say, go to uh, get a prescription in the month of September or early October and they say that you're not covered, you are. We promise you are. It's just there's a blackout period if you're a new student to get added to um, the student care system. So if you are getting a prescription or uh, any coverage uh, over the month and a half, um, keep your receipts because then you'll be able to claim them towards the end of October, early November. All right, so we're almost at the end of our time here, but not quite yet. So one of the questions that I love to ask when we get people on the show is, what is the best part of your job? What, what is your favorite thing that you get to do in your role? Definitely not working with Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I would say it's, it's definitely the people. Um, you know, a job and the actual work itself can keep you employed for a little bit, but it's the people that make you want to stay somewhere. And um, actually, I, I joined SOGS coming out of teaching, and I was teaching high school for a few years um, coming out of the pandemic. And it's definitely working with governance and policy isn't always the most appealing thing to do, um, but being able to work in an environment that is respectful and welcoming and inclusive um, and fun is is always a nice touch and, and keeps the, the not-so-fun parts of the job. Um, definitely more excitable so um that's probably the best thing about working with sogs and yeah yeah i would agree i i've had the pleasure of working at sog since 2010 ish 2011 technically i was hired in late 2010 and i needed the job just part-time so i started working the front desk as a phd Mm -hmm. uh, and i wasn't ever elected as an official i i very much kept my role as as a part-time sogs member working at sogs and really just learned so much uh, and have stayed because i believe in what sogs does for grad students having been a grad student who and I ha- and I not that I love to admit this who was very broke at the end like there was a lot of financial support and opportunity there and it really for me just kept things grounded and doable so when I think about moving through my doctoral experience I think about the SOGS as, a, as an institution and a union but I also think of of like Nick said of the people that we work with so we're a, a small core team there's four managers in the office Nick myself uh, Raquel Rodriguez is our longtime accounting finance manager she's in her 20 plus years mm-hmm. uh, I've been around for uh, like 12 years now and um, we work with Lola Wong who is our current membership services manager uh, also a, a member and yeah we're we as a core team we are able to work together we work collaboratively and collegially uh, and you know what we have fun and that when I think about job dissatisfaction amongst my peers mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's a couple of things. One, they hate their manager. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we all jive really well together personality-wise, and it works out really well for us. Um, and the other thing is like money, raises, mm-hmm. uh, being given the opportunity to advance professionally. SOGS, while is working on its professional development stuff for the staff, certainly does do things like annual reviews and has a very competitive, very strong personnel policy that does make working at SOGS 
not only just a delight with the crew, but also it's a living wage, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's adjusting to inflation. You won't find an institutional uh, not-for-profit that is giving those types of considerations. So I have to give SOGS a lot of props, especially over the last year under our former VP academic, Kevin Moore, and our former president, Danica Faka. They worked tirelessly to get pay equity mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. Um, and yeah just shout out to them because in order to keep us and keep the historical memory it has to be an inclusive welcoming environment but we also have to feel autonomous that mm-hmm. we can do our jobs in within our portfolios and that we feel supported and seen as the professionals we are so yeah I love SOGS I love working at SOGS I mean I don't know if I'll stay at SOGS forever but mm-hmm. <laughs> for the last 12 years it's it's been home more or less Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And we are so happy to hear that you love SOGS. And speaking of SOGS, it's time to wrap up our first episode on the scoop on SOGS. So you have been listening to GradCast, the official podcast and radio show of Western University. I've been your host, Elizabeth Muller, and my co-host, Amelie Hutchinson, as well as producer for the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe you'd like to be on the show, check us out gradcast at sogs.ca you can also check us out on the web at gradcast.ca you can find us on podbeam or wherever you get your podcasts and you can always tune in to western radio at 94.9 and check us out there on the radio thank you for listening and have a good day